Shekulola Salami, and it's the Shekulola Salami Show, a virtual cafe podcast, and I am in London, and it's a nice sunny day in London for a change, and I think this is where global warming comes in, because today is so warm, you would think it was like July or even August. But, you know, I said to myself, I always seem to like to talk about the weather. And I don't know if it's because I'm in London. Uh, and I always seem to talk about the weather whenever we get a chance. I don't moaning about the rain or I'm, you know, being, I'm jubilating about the sunshine. So I will try not to talk about it too much. So I will just see who I've got here with me. So who have I got here with me today? Oh, it's Karen Ford. How are you doing today, Shaggy Lola? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Oh, very well also. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just to tell you a little bit about myself, I am an author. I'm an entrepreneur as well as a master financial coach. And I get to help people with their money issues, which is a, a, a lot of fun for me. And uh, I've written three books. All of them have to do with money and they're all on Amazon as well as my website. But I have such a joy and such a winning uh attitude when it comes to money and helping people win with money. I mean, that's the name of the game, right? I mean, uh, people have to have money to live. They have to have money to, you know, rent their flat or, or buy their house or whatever it is. And uh, money is a pretty big topic in today's world, I think. It is, you know, so today I'm going to do a Will I Am, right? So last year, or was it a year before, um, <clears throat> I was watching this episode of what's that program that he does in? So, anyway, it's one of those ones where you press the buzzers, right? So he then oh, yeah. goes, you know, he then goes, uh, I am blushing. And he goes, you know, because I'm dark, so I have to tell you that I am blushing, right? Which I thought, I thought was totally hilarious, right? So today I'm going to say, right, I've got a massive smile on my face because you talk about my favorite topic, right? Who doesn't like talking about money, right? So he's like, as <laughs> yeah. you're talking, I'm like, okay, okay, I'm like, ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have to have money to live. And I have actually, and this is interesting, you might find this humorous. It wasn't very humorous for them that day. But uh, I met with a couple and, uh, and that's interesting when it's not just one-on-one, -on -one, but a married couple, yeah. uh, because opposites attract. Usually a spender is attracted to a saver and a saver is attracted to a spender, but sometimes you don't find that out until later on into the relationship. But uh, I was meeting with this married couple and um, they had credit cards together, which they knew about. But uh, unfortunately for them, it was a day of discovery for me as well. She had some credit cards that he didn't know about and he had some credit cards that she didn't know about. And when it was, oh man, I'm telling you, it could have been fireworks that day. They had between the two of them, 86 credit cards. Whoa. I thought I was going to hit the floor. I didn't, which I'm really grateful I didn't. But, um, you know, when she mentioned the credit cards she had that he didn't know about, and he mentioned the credit cards that she didn't know about, they both looked at each other and I said, Okay, I said, um, all right, so we didn't know about this, but we're not going to fight about it now. We're not going to fight about it when we leave here. Uh, now we need to know. Now we know. Now we need to figure out how we're going to fix this and what we're going to do about it. So I was really grateful 
uh, that they uncovered and revealed that to each other because uh, it's kind of hard to be in a relationship when your mate uh, doesn't know about some of the financial things you've done, <laughs> so to speak. You know, I don't know that my husband would have appreciated that very much. No, no, it's really, it's really, see, this is, I'm going to just go off on a tangent, right? Just because it was something that um, I discovered recently, but it's sort of quite related to what you're talking about. And so I'm going to sort of hijack what you're going to say for a minute, and then you can take control and just sort of okay. throw the words, right? So the other day I was reading um, something, something really funny happened to me, right? So here, you know, so I'm in London and, you know, we have all our different bars and you pay something called council tax to them. And it's basically this tax, you know, for, you know, keeping the streets clean, you know, a library and all these fancy things that they do. So then I received a letter from, two, well, the letter was dated recently, but it was basically from where I was leave, uh, living, like 2007. Actually, I'd moved out of the property in 2007. Oh, okay. So then they send me, so this council then sends me this letter saying that I owed them council tax from 11 years ago. And I'm like, what? So I'm looking at this letter, right? And the date in the, when they were claiming that I owed council tax, I'd actually moved out of the property. I didn't own the property. I wasn't living there. And, you know, they were sort of, you know, trying to say that um, I owed them council tax. So I don't just thought, you know what, let me go and see if somebody else, because everybody put things on the internet, right? You know, I was like, right. let me go and see what other people, you know, if they've received this, you know, what they've done in such a situation. I had a plan what I was going to do in my head. You know, I was going to write them back and tell them, you know, that they've got the wrong person. Uh, but I just wanted to see what other people, you know, had done. And then something which was now related to what you were saying then comes up, right? So this woman, she then goes on this forum and I can't remember which one, right? And she said, right, that she had a partner and oh, all their bills, right, came out of, he said, it wasn't a joint account. So she was paying money into his account for him to sort out the bills. Oh, man. <laughs> wait, oh, no. wait, wait. <laughs> I thought it was finished yet, right? And oh. then, then it turns out that he wasn't doing that. For several years but then he killed himself he committed suicide so literally everybody was coming after her and so because the reason why i found this out was because she had received this council tax bill from 10 years ago saying oh for that period she hadn't paid council tax but she was so when she was telling people in the forum trying to get advice for was well, i've been giving him money but he's not paying it so Oh no. Oh my goodness. Oh man. Yes, I'm laughing, but it's not funny. And I really felt sorry for her, right? Right. For her, the guy killed himself. And I know it's not a it's not a good thing, but so literally she's got into this I love you, you he's my partner, so you know, I'm trusting him to sort out the bills and he's not done that. And so now she now because they're saying that she's still um legally responsible for the bills or property that she was living in even though she gave him the money and he didn't so that was well, just, you were saying that that, just, that was just what came to my mind so pardon me you go ahead now oh that's all right i'd love a glass iced tea by the way <laughs> yeah, but, uh, i will get that i think i need one too like I, I, oh I, yeah I <laughs> but you know that you just said something powerful when you shared that that 
story that first of all that's really sad that he killed himself number one and number two that's a shame that she was unaware that she had been giving him money to take care of some of these bills and he wasn't taking care of it so you know you just said something pretty important right there if you're married obviously that's a different that's a different um that's a different story but if you're in a relationship with somebody and you're, you know, you've decided that you're going to put your money together or they're going to be responsible for these bills and you're responsible for these bills. That's the way to go with that. Because, uh, you know, if you're married, both of you should be talking about, you know, the household finances. If you're not married and you're deciding hey, well, let's put our money together. First of all, I don't think that's a wise thing to do if you're not married, because that's a whole different ball game. You know, if you're in a relationship and you're dating, uh, take care of your own bills, both of you. Um, but man, that's a, a really unfortunate that she gave him money and was thinking that he was taking care of these bills. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, both, uh, when you're in a relationship like that, then I'd highly recommend uh, you just take care of your own stuff because you're not married yet you know just take care of your own things because if you're trusting each other to take care of the bills and you're giving each other money man that's really unfortunate for that lady I hope she actually gets that worked out you know to where she's not going to be the one responsible for it and why on the why on earth would they come after you after 10 years you know, I'm in the United States and, you know, they'll come after you certainly within a year, not 10 years later. So maybe they do things a little bit differently there. I'm not sure. Well, but yeah. uh, so that was why I went to research it. Right. So there's something called and again, let me find this. Like, I'm not a legal expert because like it was this you know, sure. unfortunate thing that I'm like, what? See, now their one is dead fabricated. It. So it was like, yeah, that's not even going to hold. Right. But it was just quite interesting when I was, you know, researching this thing to just see what was going on in the world. And so normally in the UK, um, someone, a company or whoever can take you to court or seek legal action within six years of a debt being incurred or whatever the legal term is right and then after okay. six years if they don't do that they can't take you to court but then it turns out that the councils the local councils in the uk are actually exempt from that time limitation they can come after you 20 years later because of wow in scotland there's there was a time limit i read and you know there it's not statute bow, uh, barred so they can come after you within you know up to 20 years um later so it's then wow. to then try to prove that <clears throat> you're not responsible or they got their facts or they got their facts, you know, wrong, which is why I'm so glad that we have cloud services now because it's like, okay, great. I'm going to try and put everything on my cloud, everything that I think that I, I could be doing, um, I'm going to put it. But then the unfortunate thing that I've recently found is that even when you're paying things with your bank, um, and it's going out from your bank account. Apparently, and I don't know if this is correct, but apparently the bank only keeps these financial details for I think seven years. So if someone comes back to you and says, oh, you were owing them something from 20 years ago. Yeah, I don't even know that. <laughs> oh man. So you're going to have a pile of paper. You're going to have, you're going to have records for the last 10, 15, 20 years then, you know, if the bank isn't going to be holding on to that, you know? 
Yeah. No, <laughs> oh my goodness. Ridiculous. But anywho, you know, you're the expert, so go on. It was just it was just coincidental. You talked about that, and I was like, oh, I just had to share what I found, you know, recently. Oh, absolutely. I'm so glad you did. I now, sorry for the lady. Well, yeah, oh, I do too. I feel really sorry for the lady. I hope that she gets that worked out to where she's not having to take care of that, you know, 10 years later, my goodness. But, uh, you know, I've coached a lot of people, Shigalola, uh, and one of the common things that I have found, which is pretty interesting, uh, when people look, you know, at the end of the month, and I don't know about you, but, but in my past, many, many years ago, it seemed that many, many years ago, I always had more month left at the end of the month and I did money. And uh, that's really unfortunate. But, you know, I started on that path of becoming a master financial coach. I've always loved working with, you know, uh, working with money, obviously, and making money and investments and things like that. But um, I'm wondering if, you know, you or anybody else that might be listening to this, you know, do you have more month at the end of the month than you do money? Or... You know, uh, do you look at the end of the month and wonder, hey, what happened to all that money that I made? And that is actually a very common thing that has happened. And uh, sometimes people don't like this word that I'm going to use. And actually, some people consider it a four-letter word. Uh, but it's the word budget. <laughs> And, uh, you know, sometimes people are thinking budget. Oh, no, that's that's a bad word. But, you know, the word budget is actually uh, a great thing to have because a budget puts you in control of your money. And, you know, sometimes people look at that and it has a real negative uh, flair to it because people think budget. No, I don't want to have anything to do with a budget. You know, because they're thinking that a budget is, you know, is really uh, going to cause them to not spend money that they want to spend. And that's not necessarily so. Uh, I heard somebody say one time that a budget is telling your money what you want it to do instead of wondering where it went. Mm. And I just thought that was so powerful. And so many people that I've coached have not learned how to budget. And that is amazing to me, but then they come to me because they don't know what they're doing with their money, or they're one of the people that at the end of the month are thinking, what happened to all that money? <laughs> and, and so, you know, that, and, and then my next question is if they, if I ask them, okay, uh, do you wonder at the end of the month, what happened to your income? What happened to all the money you made? And if their answer is yes, my next question to them is, do you budget? And more answer is no, I don't budget. And so then we start talking about how to budget. And it's amazing to me how empowering a budget is because here's something really interesting. Uh, I met with this couple one time. This is a different couple, okay? I'm going to give you different. It's not the same couple. But I met with this couple one time and they had a three-year-old daughter. You know, it's a little family. I mean, how much can a three-year-old eat, right? Yeah. You know, so I started asking them, you know, what their normal house payment was, how much they spend on their different utilities like electric and water, different things like that. So then when we got to the food, I said, okay, do you do a meal plan? And they said, no. 
I said, okay, how often do you go to the grocery store? And she said, well, we go to the grocery store every two or three days to get what we need, which that was a big red flag for me because I'm all about meal planning because you actually save a lot of money when you do a meal plan and go to the grocery store once a week or once every two weeks. So I said, okay, you go to the grocery store every two or three days. How much do you spend? I wrote that down. And then I said, do you eat out? And they said, yes, they eat out once a week at a restaurant. I said, okay, how much does that cost you? And then I said, okay, do you eat at work or do you take your lunch to work? And they said, well, we eat at work. We buy it there at work. Well, when it was all said and done, and I know you're in the UK, so we'll have to uh, change this money up a little bit. But the, each month they were spending 1,400 US dollars every month. And I think in the UK, we're talking uh, 1,600 pounds or 1,700 pounds for a family of three, which is absolutely way too much money to spend on food. So, so we, open, can I just ask you, is that certainly. like gross, you know, things for the house, like household items, like cleaning stuff, or is it just food? Oh no, that was just food. Oh, oh no, that God. was just food. Yeah. They were just spending it on groceries, eating out at a restaurant once a week and then eating, you know, at their place of work, which they were having to spend. So their jaws dropped literally. They had no idea that they were spending that amount of money every month on food so i said Whoa. okay yeah i mean it was the surprise to him and see that's what i do i uh <laughs> i open up a lot of surprises when i coach people because they don't realize how much they're spending so i said okay because i can tell them what i want them to do but i don't want to do that i want them to be in the driver's seat so i'll start asking them questions and i'll say okay do you still want to go to the grocery store every two or three days? And of course their answer was no, which was the correct answer. And I said, okay, how often do you want to go to the grocery store? And they said once a week. I said, okay, so one thing that you need to do is a meal plan. Figure out what you're going to eat and those are the items that you need to purchase. Of course, check your cupboard, check your refrigerator and see if you already have a lot of those items that you already have. So you don't buying So they once a week at a restaurant and their answer was no. They wanted to eat out once a month at a restaurant. So we've put that on the plan. And then I said, do you wanna continue eating and buying your food at work every day? And of course their answer was no. And they decided that at the end of the work week, on a Friday, that's when they were gonna buy their lunch at their workplace. So all said and done, they turned that $1,400 US dollars or their 1,600 pounds per month and they tweaked that budget and they went down to $500 US dollars a month, which would be 700 pounds per month. Now, literally, they saved a lot of money every month by just changing their meals and how they were going to eat out. They were still in control, which absolutely is key because if they are not going to be in control of the budget, they're not going to do it. Yeah. I don't know about you, Shigalola, but if, I, if somebody's telling me 
what to budget, how to budget, and what I can or can't have, I won't do it. Yeah. But if, if I come up with the plan, then I'm going to do it. <laughs> so yeah. that's the key is you come up with the plan. So budgeting is not a four letter word. It actually puts you in the driver's seat. You're yeah. deciding, you know, what you're going to do. What do you think about that? No, it sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> they thought it was pretty amazing too, because they ended up with another, you know, thousand dollars a month. They could do something else with, which is pretty empowering when you think about it. <laughs> No, definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah. See, now, I, I think I can totally understand that because when I was, before I became a mom, you know, I was just, yeah. you know, like, um, let me see, how am I going to put this? This is going to sound really bad, right? There are some stores that I never imagined that I would go into. Okay. Then I became a mom and that I was like, yeah, you see those stores? That this those are my next best friends now because I gotta let my dollar, my pound stretch, right? That's it. That's it. Absolutely. <laughs> so I became this most frugal of moms out there, right? Like I think I'm frugal, and then some of my friends they said they even go into the charity shops and they buy stuff there. Like literally, you see us London parents, we just go to the cheapest. I mean, you do have those people who just go for the, you know, the what's the word now luxury stores see i spend sure. in our pound stores and i think pound stores in the uk they're mis-selling themselves because in my local pound store right they don't sell only pound things you can go there and you see things for five pounds and i'm like what is the point of you calling yourself a pound store if you would sell things for five pounds right so <laughs> i go there i'm a big fan i buy things from there all the time oh i do too I mean, I can go to a luxury store. I can go to big department stores. I can spend money. That's, that's not the issue. But do I want to? No. no. Do I want to spend more money than what I have to? No. I go to, um, I go to uh, well, they're not pound stores here, but I, I go to stores that are really, really cheap. And it is amazing to me what kind of deals I can get. It's yeah. unreal. And I'm all about that because... The less money that I have to spend at a luxury store, which I could, I mean, I can, but do I want to? No, because I want to use a, a good portion of my money to invest, to make more money. I mean, I'm all for getting a deal. I'm all for it. And to me, you know, uh, that's a great deal. So you don't have to go to a luxury store to spend. Is it fun to go to a luxury store? Absolutely. But you don't have to because a lot of times you can go to these pound stores and get things much, much cheaper. And I look at it like this. I like to spend pennies on the dollar. So in other words, you know, do you want to spend pounds or do you want to spend pence? You know, do you want to spend dollars or do you want to spend pennies? And if you can get the same item at a discounted price, I'm all for it. Oh, yeah, I love a deal. <laughs> love a deal. No, definitely. So how do you then say, okay, so now let's say, you know, you're talking to someone like me, right? So I'm just like really, really frugal mom, right? Um, sure. Here we, do, uh, we do a lot of home delivery. So I have like two supermarkets that I do home delivery from just because I get through, you know, different things. So there's the really, really cheap supermarket that I get all my really, really cheap stuff from. And then there's the other supermarket where I get things that are slightly more expensive 
but the quality is really good and better than what I would get from the cheap store because again, it's sure. about having to have that balance where something is cheap, but then the quality is not good. You don't really want that. You want to, even if it's just paint a little bit more to get a better quality that would last longer, you know, so I do that. So then now I'm here, what sort of advice would you give to me? How do I then build well? Because see, I always say to my friends, right? The money, money is a visitor, right? I don't know about other people, but money comes into my account and it signs a register and it goes out. So it literally just comes in and goes, hi, Shaggy Lola, how are you doing? Catch you next month. Literally, that's just right. <laughs> I have all my standing orders and all my bills to go out at exactly the same time it comes in. So I'm not tempted to do anything with it, right? So it just comes in, signs the register that I was here. Hi, Shaggy Lola, I saw you. I love you. Thank you so much for having me. See you next month. And then it's literally gone out again. Right. Well, what I would say is, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but there was actually a study done several years ago, and this is absolutely amazing, that if you spend cash, you spend less when you spend cash than you do when you use a debit card or a credit card. Literally, when you use a debit card or a credit card, you will spend 47% more than when you spend cash. And, and here's, here's the amazing thing. I don't know about you, but if, if I were to go to a grocery store, you know, with, uh, let's say I have, let's say I'm going to use a debit card. All right. Where, uh, and I'm sure you all have debit cards there, but let's say you start down the aisle, of the grocery store, you start putting things in your buggy and your cart and you're, you know, you're keeping a mental note of how much you're spending. But by the second or third row of that grocery store, you have no idea how much you've spent. And literally, you won't know how much you spent until you get to the register. That's if you're using a debit card. But if you go in there with cash, you know pretty well how much you're spending. And when you get to the register, you're probably going to come within a few dollars or a few pounds of that mental note. Because when you, when you have cash in hand, you are more aware of how much you can spend than you do with a debit card. It's almost like no holds barred when you take a debit card into a department store or grocery store. But if you have cash, you know how much you're going to spend yeah. because it, it, it absolutely kind of, it's, it's like, it's crying out to you. Hey, I'm here. This is all you have to spend. So you'll spend money. You'll spend less money when you spend cash than you do a debit card. Yeah. And that's what I advise. It, anytime you go shopping, no matter where it is, use cash instead of the debit card. And here's another example, Shegalola. If you and I, if I took you to a restaurant and I, and I had a debit card, I'm going to get the best of the best and I'm going to say, oh, I'll pay for yours. Shagalola, get whatever you want. That's if I spend with a debit card, right? Yeah. But if I take you out to eat and I uh, take you to McDonald's or something, you know, then I'm going to say, I'm going to order from the dollar menu and probably <laughs> you're going to buy your own <laughs> because I'm spending cash. How freeing is it? I mean, think about that. If you take your friends out to eat, you have a debit card. It's almost like, you know, you're more free to spend, you know, and it's almost like your account has an endless supply. But if you go out to eat with your friends with cash, you're probably not going to pay for theirs. <laughs> 
Yeah. See, now there's, I think there's in the UK most times, not all the time, but I would say 99.9% of the time, everybody pays for themselves. In the oh, okay. <laughs> but, you know, you see the thing you said about cards and debit cards. Now, see, I'm completely different, right? Because I do um, a monthly delivery, I plan myself sure. very well that I avoid going to the stores at all possible because then I have to go with my little human, right? And the sweeties, right. they're like from Satan. They put all the sweeties where you have where the checkout is, right? So then your sure. little child is looking at this thing and going, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. And so you're like this evil mother from the depths of hell who is saying, no, you can't have it, no, you can't have it. So I don't even go to the supermarket at all, right? I literally do everything online, have it delivered to my house, and then maybe once in two months, I might go and I might get some stuff because even my bread, I have them frozen. So I'll buy like five loaves of bread and just put it all in the freezer. So I don't, there you have, go. I don't even have to go out again because then I just don't. Then I'm spending the words with online shopping. I can look at my basket, think, okay, this is my budget. This is how much I want to spend. And anything that I'm looking, you know what? I don't really need this right now. Take it off the take it off my basket. Just take it off my basket. There you go. Well, that's good. You know that about yourself. That you're actually practicing self-control, plus you're helping your little human. <laughs> but you know, you said something interesting. They put those things low where she's gonna see them. And they're right there at the register. Those shelves are actually called impulse shelves. Right. And the reason why they're called impulse shelves is because they know that uh, most people are going to pick up something from those impulse shelves as their last, their last chance to buy something before, you know, they're done at the register. Thinking right. about that. <laughs> So, yeah, so just, you know that about yourself. So that's actually very empowering that you know that about yourself and then you're not going to be deemed as, you know, the worst uh, parent possible because <laughs> you're telling you the little person next to you know. So actually, and you probably have more self-control by doing that online because now you know you're not in the store, you're not going to pick up something that literally you know you don't really need you know, and you're looking at your cart before you pay for it. So I think that's great. I think that's awesome. Oh, cool. Thank you. So what yeah. I want to know now, right, what I want to, and this is something sometimes I wish that education was different, was when I was in secondary school, I wish people, you know, this education system taught me about investment and finance and, you know, all those sort of things. So what sort of things now, if, because again, I've been hearing about, oh, actually, you know what? It's actually good that you're here, you know, because then I can talk to you about all the different random things that goes on in my head, right? Because my head just has your head. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the other day, uh, a friend of mine, he's not all a friend, uh, he, was, he then told me something that I actually didn't know about before. He told me about something called treasury bills. I feel like I'm interrogating you and getting free financial advice. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't look at it like that at all. <laughs> so he told me about treasury bills. And then somebody else, and I was thinking I was going to write about this in my blog as well. And then someone else then told me about something called money market funds. And I was like, oh, okay, I will look into these, you know, a little bit more so that, you know, if it's one of those times where I'll be like, you know what, we're only going to eat pound food and you know like get the cheapest you know 30p um things of tuna and stuff and just do that for a whole month 
to try and get some extra money, then I'm like, okay, I think I might be able to sort of invest it because I hate, you know, savings accounts in the UK, right? The interest rates are ridiculous, right? Like children's ISA, right? The maximum you can get is 2.5%. Adult right. ISA, so ISA, let me see if I use like individual savings accounts, right? They're supposed to be tax free. And, you know, for adults, it's like less than 1% or something ridiculous like that. So it's kind of like you pay so much money. So you can imagine if you have 100 pounds and you left it there for a year, all you're going to be lucky to get is one pound, right? Whereas right. something to me that with treasury, treasury bills and money market funds, the interest rate is slightly higher. Right, right. Well, a treasury bill, you know, if that's what you have there in the UK, that's probably kind of like maybe a savings bond here, maybe. But treasury, you know, you're kind of lending money to the government. And that's what in the US, that would be considered a US savings bond. And those don't really, um, it, here, it's not, it's not a very high interest at all. And you have to keep them for a while before you can actually uh, redeem them, you know, get the money back okay. from them. You buy them at a discount. You know, for instance, um, if I were to buy a savings bond here or maybe a treasury bill there, let's say 50 pounds, you might, and I don't know because I didn't do the research for the UK, you might pay, say, 35 pounds for that 50 pound treasury bill. Yeah. But you're going to have to wait several years before it actually hits that value. Of 50 pounds and if you end up having to cash it before it's valued at 50 pounds then yeah. you're gonna get you're gonna get charged um, you know a penalty mm -hmm. so you know I'm not real um, motivated with that mm -hmm. money market accounts I think they can actually be a good thing okay. um, as far as investments I like real estate and I like stocks okay. uh, yeah, I like stocks big time, but you have to do your due diligence because you don't want to put, you know, you don't want to buy stock in a company if you don't know anything about the company. Yeah. You want to make sure that they've been around for a, a period of time and that their stock is going up. You know, uh, I'm a little bit leery of companies that maybe their stock is, excuse me, up and down, up and down, up and down not saying that they won't ever go back up and stay there. But if you're a new investor and you're wanting to buy stock in a company, I would go with uh, companies that have been around for a long time. Okay. They keep trending up, you know, one stock to keep, to think about, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on here, but I'm going to anyway, uh, Amazon has been going up for years and they keep going up and they just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, you know, but there are other, there's lots of companies out there that uh, if you do your research, you know, I'm not saying that's the only company to invest in by any means, but there's lots of companies to invest in and buy stock in that have been around a long time that just keep going up. I mean, in my mind, they're really safe you know, okay. safe. So yeah, I definitely, that's the way I go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you say stocks, because I don't really know much about stocks. I always get scared about stocks. Well, you can, well, you can, I mean, if you're thinking about investing a large amount of money, you definitely have reason to be scared about it. But if we're just talking about a few dollars or a few pounds, 
just to get your feet wet, so to speak, mm. and to learn, yeah. I, you know, then I would just start small. There's okay. nothing wrong with starting small. And you can go on the computer and actually Google or, you know, type in the name of the company and then you can check out their stock. You can check out their stock, what they've been doing the last day, last week, last month, last year, and even the last 10 years, you know, and just see what they're doing, how they're doing, and just start small. You know, even if you just buy one share of stock, mm. you know, and just to see, you know, we're not talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. And certainly I would not advise that to anyone if you're just starting out as a new investor, I would start with just a few pounds and, you know, maybe one share. And, you know, you can spend a lot of money on stock or you can spend a little money on stock. But if you're just starting out, I would start out small with one share in that company and just go from there as you're doing it until you become more of a more avid investor and more keen and more, you know, have done your due diligence and studied it out, so to speak. Do any of your books talk about, um, you know, sort of things to learn or things to be aware of in terms of investing? Absolutely. Uh, my book, Money Matters, actually, um, it gives a lot of information. Uh, Money Matters will cover budgeting, how to budget, um, cash flow planning, investing, um, but wealth building. That book, Money Matters, actually has a lot of that content within that book. Yes. Okay. See, now you talked on something that I really, really like, right? And I think you're just getting to that point where I need a drink, so I'm going to have to keep you out very soon. But before I do that, before I do that, I like the very last thing you said, wealth building. So tell me about wealth building. How would a frugal mom, like I'm a really, really cheap mom, right? I know that I'm not even ashamed to say, right? How would you tell this cheap mom, you know, uh, what advice would you give this really cheap mom to do wealth building? Oh, well, wealth building. Well, first of all, the first step would be to budget so that you're not wondering where your money is going at the end of the month. Yeah. So that would be one key right there. In fact, that's the main key to wealth building. Because if you're not budgeting, you're going to have a real hard time trying to build wealth. So budgeting is key and assigning every pound a place. Now, what do I mean by that? I'm just going to throw out some numbers. Let's say your income is a thousand dollar or a thousand pounds a month. Let me just throw that out. Yeah. And let's say it costs you 800 pounds a month for you to live, meaning your food, your utilities, the place you live, gas, transportation, it costs you 800 pounds a month. Well, if your income is a thousand pounds a month and you're spending 800 pounds a month to live, you have 200 pounds at the end of the month that you need to assign, what are you gonna have it do? Whether that's gonna put it in savings what, what are you going to do with that 200 pounds? That's what I mean by assigning every pound a place. Do you have a credit card that maybe you would need to pay off real quick? So assign every pound a place. Decide what you're going to do to build wealth. Are you going to start buying stocks? Are you going to start buying real estate? You know, what is your passion? Where do you want to go with wealth building? 
One great place to start with wealth building uh, if, is if you're starting small is stocks. If you have uh, stocks are a great place to start with wealth building. Um, here in the US, we have 401ks and IRAs. I don't know if you have those in the UK. It's a retirement plan. You know, planning for retirement is very important because do we want to work when we're 80 years old? I don't. No. Do I want to work when I'm 60? No. You know, so retirement planning is another way to plan for wealth building. What are you going to do when you hit retirement age? What's the plan? So wealth building is an all-encompassing thing, but the younger you start, the better. Not to say that if you're 50 or 60, you can't build wealth. You certainly can. But the younger you are, the more traction you're going to have when you get older. So yeah. I, I, you know, I encourage people budget and then whatever amount of money you have uh, each month, put it somewhere, whether it's, you know, a money market account, whether it is a, uh, putting some money in stocks and investing because the younger you are to start investing, the better it is for you. Right. Okay. Fabulous. No, that's, that's absolutely fabulous. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Then all these random thoughts in my head, I've had an opportunity to actually get them out of my head. Oh, <laughs> well, I've so enjoyed being here with you today as well. And I absolutely enjoyed the tea. So wonderful. Perfect, perfect. Well, um, if someone wanted to connect with you, any of the listeners wanted to connect with you after the show, um, are you on Twitter? Oh, I am on Twitter. It's Karen Ford. Um, and then also my books are on Amazon. You can find them there on Amazon or my website, karenford.org. So, yeah, I'm pretty easy to locate. <laughs> fabulous, fabulous. What's your Twitter handle? Oh, you asked me quickly, didn't you? <laughs> Let me pull it up on my phone uh, right quick. Um, that's terrible. I don't have that memorized in my head. Well, uh, I just go on there because it's always saved on my phone. So I, I'm probably a little lazy on that part mm -hmm. of it. But I am Ford Karen B1008. Right, that's really difficult. No one's going to remember that. See, that's why they say, and this is just a little tidbit, you know, saying like, you know, personal brand and make it easy for people to find you. See, I would have oh, yeah. at Karen Ford. Literally, that would have been what I would have done. When I started, <laughs> my, my um, Twitter handle is completely different. It's not my name. Whereas when I then realized, I was like, oh, yeah, I should have done that, but I already had the account. So on Facebook, I just went at Chicken Well, that's allowed me to. Anyone who was just typing my name, they just find me. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. But it's been an absolute pleasure and I hope to have you again on the show sometime soon. Well, thank you so very much. I so enjoyed it, Shaggy Lola. Really enjoyed our time together. Perfect. Well, everybody, it's the Shaggy Lola Salami Show. I'm going to get myself a drink because it's a nice warm day and my jaw's hurting now. I've been talking too much. Like you know, when you've had an amazing guest, you know, you just go on and on. <laughs> but anyways, everybody, until next time, it's the Shaggy Lala Salami Show. Bye now. Bye bye.